0: Hello everyone. I'm Bill Darcy, CEO of the NKBA. Thank you for supporting NKBA Live. Welcome to Brave New Business Week 2. We have over 1,000 of you joining today. Very, very impressive. Thank you for supporting NKBA today. A few housekeeping items before we get into discussion. This forum is eligible for one-half CEU credit, so certified members, please be sure to log in to your NKBA profile and record that. I do want to acknowledge the beautiful design behind me by our friend, Sandra Diaz Velasco, a multi-year, multi-award winner in NKBA's annual design competition. We'll be taking questions at the end as time allows. If you do have a question, uh, you can submit that by clicking on the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, not the chat feature, please, in that Q&A function. Our team will get to as many as possible. Today, we wanna dive into some of the new realities of the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on housing, remodeling, and supply chains. Joining me is our dear friend and strategic partner, John Burns, CEO of John Burns Real Estate Consulting, and his colleagues, Todd Tomalak, principal, and Steve Bastin, senior manager of Building Products. For over a year, we've been working with John and his team as part of our ongoing market research most notably the Kitchen and Bath Market Index or KBMI. John's gonna talk to us about macro conditions and an overview of various geographic regions. Uh, Todd is gonna dig into the remodeling space and Steve will talk to us about the supply chain. So without further ado, let's just jump right in, John. Um, The economic implications from COVID-19 are rapidly changing. What does the market look like right now and do we have a sense of expectations for the next few months?
1: Uh, yeah, we've completely transformed our business from kind of a monthly data collection to a daily and weekly real-time data. So I'll I'll will d- do my best to to bring you up to date and to give some color because I know you've got people all over the country and this is def- the timeline is definitely playing out differently by by geography. So um, if you look at most of the March data, you're seeing it was pretty good, uh, but every market had what I'm calling their D day for. For us, it was March 13th. That's when we sent everybody home in our company. That was almost four weeks ago. By March 23rd, there was nine states that were in lockdown. By March 26th, there was 21 states. By March 30th, it was 30 states. Um, so just to, to bring a, some of the data people are reading, you know, at the end of the month, there were still 20 states that uh, were not in lockdown. Now, now we're up to 42. So I'm looking to Washington and, and California, uh, as some of the earliest ones in New York has its own issues, which are just horrendous uh, for early for how things have played out there because they are about four weeks in and uh, as an early indicator of stability for everybody. What we saw there and, and what I'll point out to your, your audience is um, I have found that the uh, new home sales are a very good leading indicator for just about everything including even uh, remodeling and spending and here, here's how it played out so if week 1 was people were at 100% of capacity week 2 was about 85% week 3 was about 60% week 4 was about 35% and now in week 5 it's about 15% so the, the world kind of kept going with people they were already talking to but things have slowed down uh, the early results have been pretty good. Our clients are still optimistic, even on the remodeling. We saw 11% of projects canceled by March 17th. It's only 14% now, so that's, that's not significant. Uh, there's a couple things I think people need to pay attention to. So that it's very clear that the earliest hit was the lowest paying jobs. What I'm finding is not clear amongst the world is that the current hit includes high paying jobs. Uh, Every payroll day hurts. So this morning's payroll was the first one where we had the March 31 payroll and you saw there was another 6 million people who filed unemployment in the last week. Think of this, 11% of Americans have filed unemployment in the last three weeks and not everybody got the paperwork in. That is a huge number. And even though it is skewed to people who are less likely to be doing remodeling projects, it does include people that are remodeling their, their kitchens. Uh, there's a demographic shift going on. We wrote, a, we wrote a, a whole, we did a 9,000 hour research project on demographics and we have a chief demographer and we've been studying what's going on in China and, and other things. Uh, th- there are gonna be some shifts coming out of this. Uh, one, sadly enough, and fortunately, thank God, not for me, as uh, it looks like there's gonna be a lot more divorces hey that's a red flag if you've got a couple who's not getting along that you're currently working with but that's an opportunity because it's going to create more single households coming out of this too uh if you've been helping a lot of the fix and flip guys who have been remodeling their kitchens uh, and bathrooms to make the home a lot nicer and get that premium we, we are working with a lot of them a lot of them the big ones are clients the lenders to them are clients of ours uh, we've seen that industry pulled back dramatically. So if, if you've been selling into that space, I would expect that to slow quite dramatically. A lot of those guys look like they're cash businesses, but they're actually borrowing money from, from non-banks. Uh, you're probably not playing too much in the apartment market. That's the sector we're go- we think is going to get hit the hardest. And if you're looking for some confidence in the timeline of all this, I highly recommend that you see some of the interviews that Bill Gates has done. He did one yesterday on LinkedIn. He studied the living heck out of this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. I'm paying attention to him because so far everything's been right, but he's thinking it's gonna be a 10 week lockdown, not some of these two and four week things that we're hearing. And if it's shorter than that, we're likely to go back into a lockdown again. So That's a tough pill for a lot of us to swallow. Uh, His view is that it's probably about 18 months to economic stability again. Uh, I'm I'm very much in that camp too. So I'm I'm delivering some sobering news here, but it's great to be hopeful, but I want you to be running your business with the most realistic assumptions you can. Uh, Home buying is likely to come back slowly. I firmly believe remodeling is gonna come back a lot quicker. We've been monitoring a lot of Google, great Google trend data. Some of this stuff my staff is coming up with is just, just amazing. People uh, hate their house and they are doing a ton of DIY projects right now. And I think as soon as they are, can get contractors back in the house, they're gonna be moving to allowing that to happen. And uh, I, I won't spend too much time on the geographies because you probably know when your particular area went into shelter in place, but that, that would be uh, week one. And look to California and Washington is to, particularly Northern California, probably is the first to stabilize. And then, you know, you put my photo up here, which was a huge mistake. Todd and Steve do all our best research. So we're gonna turn it over to those two.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, John. That was a great macro view. Uh, so Todd, let's de- uh, deeper dive into remodeling. Before COVID hit, you know, business was robust. John was at KBiz and preparing us for an even bigger boom. Uh, however, you know certainly what our members are telling us is just what John was saying: uh, delays over the past six weeks, as well as some cancellations. Uh, how is the national conversation affecting consumer confidence across the across the board in remodeling?
2: Yeah, that's that's a that's a fantastic question because uh, coming into into this crisis. We were very positive about kitchen and bathroom modeling. I think our forecast was between six to 8% leaning towards more growth within the kitchens. Uh, part of the story there was that uh, it turns out that people are much more likely to remodel their kitchens when they're over 15 years old or their bathrooms when they're older and we're, we're comping now all those, those kitchens and baths that were done in the early to mid 2000s. So in, in addition to that, um, now we're facing issues that are, that are facing some of the more near-term confidence issues. So for instance, how they're feeling about their future home prices. Uh, that's a big driver of how much they spend. So what's changing uh, today that we're unpacking is how many projects that people had planned that they were now gonna postpone into a later time or outright cancel. Uh, so the, the data that John mentions was for all, kitchen, or for all types of remodels, so everything from like windows and decking to kitchen and bath. We're working on kitchen and bath numbers now. But the numbers we have right now suggest about 14% of remodels in general, the plug has been pulled. Uh, And there's another 28% kind of at play that are postponed projects. So the timing of those will be interesting to watch. If they're white collar, some of those postponed projects, we could see them turn into cancellations too. Uh, one, One thing that I am kind of encouraged about though, is when we look at the mix of who's canceling versus who's postponing, we, we tend to see a lot more cancellations, almost two to one uh, on the younger, to, younger than 35, the first time buyer segment. Uh, whereas the older buyers, 45 plus, 55 plus, it's almost the opposite where they're twice as likely to postpone rather than cancel. And uh, just, just thinking about that, that relationship for a little bit, those are the buyers, who, those older buyers who have the most home equity. Those are the buyers who are financially probably in the best situation. So it makes sense that they wouldn't cancel at this point. Um, they also tend to be the highest dollar kitchen and bathroom models. So we're working through uh, uh, the timing of that recovery of when we think they'll come back online and do their projects. It's probably going to be a uh, month by month or quarter by quarter view, depending on how late we see this, this recovery begin.
0: Do you see anything, uh, you know, you talked about the demographics of the age millennials or younger buyers, as far as canceling at higher rates, you see those more geographically driven, like, you know, Austin and Denver and markets like that, or it's more national?
2: Yeah, so you can take kind of the cascade of, of where the virus is hitting the hardest, and there's a pretty direct impact in terms of how many people are canceling in those, in those footprints. So, so I'll just give you a, for example um that let's take that 14 percent cancellation number that we talked about that number uh doubles if you look at new york uh almost almost i think what's the number i have in new york city 24 percent new york state 24 percent cancellation and 2x that postponed we're seeing elevated cancellations in texas uh clearly they've been hit by oil prices california too so it's probably going to cascade, you know, as it slowly moves across the Midwest. We'd expect Chicago to do the same thing. Um, the the good news is, even in the worst-hit state, so so New York would be our example. You lose about 24% of projects, and they skew towards the lower ticket. A lot of that is going to be the the marginal projects that weren't that high dollar. If you if you look at foot traffic data, so we spend a lot of time just trying to get early reads on where how people are changing their behavior. Uh, foot traffic data: How many people are physically walking into, say, a Home Depot? And I, and I know that that's not, you know, most kitchen and bath projects. That's just a sample, but Home Depot foot traffic is up over twenty percent this month versus the month before. That's more than Costco was up. Um, and and probably a piece of that is that people are going and buying freezers and maybe buying, you know, some cleaning supplies. But if we look at Google search data, like what what John mentioned, terms like like DIY paint. DIY bathroom remodel, DIY you know, uh, bathroom floor mat, all of those things are elevated. So there, there is a sense that people are stuck in their homes, looking at a space that they don't like, and to kind of loop back on that first comment that I made, none of this coronavirus situation changes the fact that they're sitting on a 15-plus-year-old kitchen that they didn't enjoy, and they were planning on, on uh, addressing it later. It's just a timing issue and a question of how much they spend when they do. In your term, it'll hurt the average ticket. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you no, know, I was going to
0: say that I just got a request for an interview today because there was an article published on paint and um, should be airing on Fox News tomorrow about my, my opinion on how paint is then driving that continued interest in that remodel. It's all the things that we're sitting around in our houses staring, spending a lot more time staring at things that we don't like and how that over time, whether it's DIY or whatever, kind of influences um, people to pursue or continue on the same pathway through the project.
2: I, I would love to see, and I haven't seen any good data on this, uh, maybe we'll get some, but I, I just have to think you have a huge section of society that's locked down, and I know I've seen studies based on how much uh, like hours in the day people normally spend in their kitchens, or in their. it's one of, like the, one of the most popular rooms of the home, people entertaining their kitchens, but that was probably nothing versus what they're doing now. And so if you hated your kitchen before, now you really hate it. Um, and there's a, there's a premium to, if you're not moving anywhere, uh, assuming people get through this financially, uh, we, we could I've seen other, uh, other data too suggesting that the amount of time people are spending shopping at home looking at different features is, is drastically improved. So there's probably a little bit of a backlog of uh, focus on, on how much people dislike their current space.
0: You think you think it anything to do with the fact that the boom we were, you know, in, in a boom market and coming into this, the recovery factor will, you know, you, you take into consideration, you know, what we just were talking about, how you're looking at your kitchen and your bathroom and you're getting more frustrated with it, and then you had a good market leading in, the optimism on the out on the outbound side, I mean again, we're focused on people's health and safety. I mean, we, we need to worry about our families and fundamentals of going to the grocery store right now, but as we come out of it potentially there is a big upside.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's probably dependent on your time horizon. If, if you're looking at a two year, three year, five year window, all those homes are still old. They don't have, the features don't look good. Um, and, and, and also, John will probably, I'd like to hear John's thoughts on this too. So much of people's willingness to invest in their home relates to the stability of their home prices. So we're giving a lot of thought to where home prices, you know, where, where that floor might be, how far it falls. Um, but we know that if you're staying in your home longer and you feel that your home price is relatively more state, it's a lot better. It, it, the home prices are in a lot better state today than they were pre the, 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 the prior crisis, just in terms of an inventory mm-hmm. issue. Um, that'll, that'll kind of point to the answer. Did you yeah, want to I
0: mean, come I'm on that before we go to Steve?
1: Yeah, I don't have a percentage yet, but we're, we're betting home prices are going to fall, um, how much we're not quite sure, just because demand's going to decline and supply listings is going to go up. Um, and then Todd, through just tremendous regression analysis, has shown the biggest corollary actually with remodeling spending is income growth and excess of inflation. And um, so for your clients whose incomes aren't gonna to be touched by this, uh, they're gonna be fine. But those that, who are gonna to be touched and maybe those that have to deplete some savings, that's gonna be a blow. So we, you know, there's, there's some that are gonna be exactly what you said, optimistic and let's go, go, go. But I think there's a percentage who are just gonna to have to say, we're gonna to have to defer this for two or three years until I get my uh, feet back under me financially.
0: That makes sense. So let's, let's go to Steve. Um, tell us what's happening supply chain-wise in the remodeling market. How much was that pipeline already? Um, you know, what, what was in the pipeline? Do we have a sense of where the delays will start affecting our designer and remodeler members?
3: Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, we've spent a lot of Time looking at supply chains globally uh, and here domestically in the US. And one thing uh, we're really reminded of is that a lot of building products do come from overseas. Um, 31% of all building material imports come from China. 16% 16% come from Canada, 16% come from Mexico, and then uh, three, two to three to four percent come from places like Japan and Thailand and Italy, Germany. So um, you know, quite a bit of materials at the macro level are coming in from overseas, but particularly uh, for kitchen and bath products, there's even a higher amount. Um, you, know, you look at lumber and other commodity products, those are, are pretty much domestic supply bases if you look at a category like kitchen appliances or plumbing fix, uh, plumbing fittings, you know those are, are much more exposed to places like China, places like Germany. And it's also a price point story too. Um, really kind of those barbells, uh, the low price point products and then the high price point products. Um, luxury products come from Europe and those lower price point products tend to come uh, in a box from OEM. So um, really is, is a category by category type of analysis that we've really taken um, and also at, at the price point level. But uh, that said, you know the supply and demand balance is probably about where it should be right now because we saw a backlog um, in extended lead times for a lot of products coming out of China before the US started to shut down and before demand started to shut down. We do a survey every month and we asked a lot of dealers um, which products are you having trouble getting, and we heard you know cabinet hardware, you know kitchen and bath hardware, you know uh, accessories, things like that, um, but, but as projects have started to slow, um, demand has cooled so those, those Chinese factories can start to catch up um, we 're really monitoring it closely, uh, very much a category by category type of analysis that you need to take to really understand the risk, um, but we 're here to help so if there's anyone uh, in the NKBA membership that really needs to understand their category, we're happy to go deep and help you
0: guys figure it out. Thanks, Stephen. Maybe that segues right into uh, some questions. Todd, do you have anything take... to add? Yeah, ahead, I, I add. do, but
2: let, let, let's, let, let me, let's hear the questions.
0: Leanne or Sherry, you want to uh, pose what you're seeing come in through the, through the Q&A?
4: Yes, uh, we have a question about in terms of uh, remodeling, specifically, and remodeling projects. Can you isolate what, which areas of, of projects um, people will spend on?
2: Yeah, um, I, I, I'll take that one. So, uh, we, we can. The answer is, though, that we're, we're still kind of working through the, the layers. Uh, he, initially, uh, so if you think about who lost their job first, Retail workers, hospitality workers. Uh, thinking about the income group and the kind of the, the price point that they would normally shop. We saw most of the hit to remodeling projects to things like windows. Um, actually I actually think longer term windows is going to be relatively fine, but uh, kitchen and bath had had less of an impact. What I worry about is. Uh, as the next shoes begin to fall, some of the, the, the new jobless claims that we saw, the huge number that came out today, the ones that will come out in the next several weeks, not all of those will be retail workers. Some of those will be higher, higher income workers. And that will mean pretty significant hits to, uh, to income. And uh, those would have been the kitchen and bath projects that, that would have been postponed, waited for later, and then now turned into cancellations. So uh, we're, we're scrubbing those numbers pretty closely. We'll have more in the future.
4: Thank you, Todd. Another question is, if we previously had lack of skilled workers, what will happen when those trades are in high demand once things get back to normal? Will the cost of construction spike or return to normal?
2: John, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that one.
4: Yeah. uh, Well, the skilled workers are still there.
1: I think they've got less to do. Uh, I know the home builders are scrambling. Thank God they're essential construction because they're trying to keep their crews because they're afraid they're going to lose them. So. I have heard a few stories about skilled workers from Mexico going back to Mexico, and I'm not sure they're going to get back in, but I don't think we're going to have the same shortage that got caused out of 2008. If, if anything, I think if you get to a little bit less skilled employees or people that can be trained, you're going to have more people that need a job, so it's going to be a little bit easier on the labor side. On the, on the material side, that that Steve didn't address it completely, but... I think there's some materials that are just going to have a shortage and the costs are going to spike and others maybe that are oil based and be able to produce for cheaper, the prices will go down. So it's, I mean, the inflation numbers, the next couple of months are going to be really misleading because I think you're going to have this mix of things that had ton of inflation and some that are a lot cheaper. Yeah,
0: shameless, plug, Sh- shameless plug for our next up initiative, you know, in, the, in this yeah. market now that, that is shrunk for a moment, Um, there's a lot of young people that coming out of this, we're going to need and we can't take our eye off the ball as far as getting them uh, when we can, and what's safe to do understanding how to get involved in our industry. So we don't want to be in the same situation, you know, a year from now when we need them. Uh, So let's make sure that everybody considers how do you get young people that are interested in the trades to get involved when you can. So as we ramp back up, uh, we continue to support the workforce and hopefully uh, have less of a shortage, you know, in, in correlation.
1: I, I, I think you're going to have weight to get into that program. I, I think it is completely changed. A lot of those people have been working in retail I mean, and, and, you know, that, that's a great job. So they
0: yeah. still, I mean, the average age of a plumber and electrician is still in their upper 50s. So regardless of what's happening at the moment, we still need a, a lot of people in the trade to support our industry. Oh, you're gonna get them. <laughs> Empty, um and any other, other questions? Or Todd, did you wanna make another comment? Or Leanne, did you wanna look at one other question? There's quite a
4: few here, Bill. Um, can you expand on what your best predictions are for the fall off in multifamily and single family projects? You mentioned a 14% rate, but can you compare and contrast um, multifamily versus single family?
1: Um, you're not gonna like this. So, uh, think about the apartment industry uh first of all the first two weeks they had a surge. everybody got the hell out of their apartment into mom and dad's we even saw a surge into people renting single-family rental homes because they just didn't want to be surrounded by that many people and touching the same number of doorknobs then the federal government said hey no problem don't pay your rent this month so uh our early indicator is that nine percent of uh renters have not paid their rent this month so um and that's just kind of getting started. The, the apartment guys that we're talking to, including some of the top associations, think May's going to be a lot worse. Then I'm going to layer on top of that. We're at a 33 year high in multifamily construction. So all those projects are going to finish and, and dump empty apartment units on the market. I think, and in the apartment industry is generally a pretty low profit, lots of debt business. I, we're really, really bearish on apartments. Um, Uh, And so, uh, you know, I think the single family business is much better, most people bought their home a long time ago, Uh, we did not have a surge in activity, so it's not like most of America is levered 95% on their house, you know, I think something like a third of them don't even have a mortgage at all. Uh, The activity in single family is just gonna be so much better than multifamily coming out of this, it's not even gonna be close.
4: Thanks, John. Um, Another uh, question, are there strategies our designers and remodelers can employ to better prepare for the downturn?
2: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll, I'll throw out a couple things. Uh, Immediately, (laughs) think think smaller ticket, like today. Um, I'm hearing, in in addition to what the data says, I'm hearing anecdotes on the ground of projects that were signed, like really expensive, $250,000 plus kitchen remodels. Where that person's clearly still employed, they're wealthy enough to pay for it, and they cut down the ticket to one hundred and fifty thousand. Still an expensive remodel, but all of that money's coming down in the project. The thumb rule is: uh, for every one percent decline in uh, in real income that we see, you see the average ticket drop by about two percent. Um, so that's that's a pretty big haircut, and we see the overall spending is impacted by more than that. So. Uh, Think of ways to do the same project, but with a lower price point materials, and then also uh, be super, super cl- uh, cognizant of your variable cost. That's gonna matter a lot. We have one, time for one more, Leanne.
4: Bill, there's been a lot of questions asking about where to get this information. Um, there have been questions about whether this will be shared as recorded. It will. Um, I know Bill's gonna address that in a minute. Um, if we can do one more question. This event has created a new normal for people working from home. Do you see an influx of more workers starting to work from home instead of commuting to the office?
1: Well, we've been, we've been wondering when that was going to happen for a very long time. Just maybe we're biased because we work that way. I'm Steve's in San Luis Obispo, Todd's in green Bay. I'm in California. We've been using zoom forever. It it works. It works great for us. And I I think it's clearly going to work for more and more people. So the answer is yes. I'm, we should be checking the uh, home office, solutions remodeling on on Google because I'm sure uh, a lot of people are looking for that um, Steve you want to talk a little bit about the pulse survey we, we uh, are doing with the NK, NKBA um, and then also you know a lot of this information this is what we do for a living so we, we, we charge for it so um, I mean we're happy to do all these things but if you, if you want to be following this every week and you're a, a pretty good sized company, Uh, Just let one of us know, and we'll get back to you with uh, the costs and things. But Steve, did you want to talk about the pulse survey?
3: Yeah, John. Thanks. Um, Dark there on us. (laughs) What happened? I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. Um, It looks like my mic is working. Turns out Zoom uh, may not always work. Um, But so yeah, as John mentioned, we do do a pulse survey, and it's, it's in the field right now. Um, we're trying to do it weekly to kind of really understand um, a backlog perspective of projects versus what's the current cancellation rate um, and just really trying to get that week by week read. Todd, if you'd like to talk a little bit about it, internet might not be long enough to, for me to keep going. Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, so the, the, quick, the quick answer is um, you're going to get a survey or you'll have the option to take our survey or make sure that you, you, you follow the, uh, the survey that we're putting out. Every week, we're getting a pulse on what's going on in business, and it's going to be different between builders versus remodelers versus kitchen and bat- different pieces of the business. We're going to measure it all, um, and that'll give us an early read on when things begin to improve and when they begin to turn, and we'll have additional color by area.
0: Yeah, so as as, uh, as Leanne was stating, just as we wrap up, we continue to gather you know new timely data to share with the community in a partnership with John Burns. Uh, real estate consulting on KBMI. Um, so look for that. Uh, that's available uh, at no charge to all members and non-members actually. Uh, beginning of May is when the Q1 KBMI will come out uh, and you can check nkba.org slash insights for that. Uh, keep keep tabs on um, the, that page as well as NKBA newsfeed for further updates. Steve just and Todd talked about the pulse. So this new NKBA pulse is a collaboration with with John, uh, John's group to provide even more timely information. And that will be available also to members uh, uh, at no charge um, through our website uh, at Insight. So look for all that. If you, if you need deep, deep dive and great, fantastic data, then you need to call John or Todd or Steve because uh, yes, it will cost you, but it will be worth it. And, and they're a, just a fantastic resource of knowledge for any business. So I, I encourage you to, any of you who are, really looking for deep data uh, outside of what nkba can provide you uh, through the membership uh, please consider um what what uh what john and steve and todd can offer um on monday um uh on fox business i'll be live with melissa francis between four and five uh, talking about what's going on in the market Um, i'm also going to be on cnbc next week uh, later in the week uh, to talk to brian sullivan uh, about the same thing just trying to you know keep nkba members present in the media and, and thought leadership for the association. Thank you sincerely, John, Todd and Steve. These three have not slept all that much and you guys look fabulous, so no no effort on that. It's just, I know the work that you're trying to do for your customers and we are grateful uh, association-wise to have our partnership with all of you to take 30 minutes of your time to share your knowledge with our members. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Um, It will be available, as Leanne said, a recording of Brave New Business uh, will be posted on the NKBA YouTube channel as well as Facebook. So anybody who you want to share this with will be able to watch it uh, beginning to end there. Next week's topic, weathering the storm, navigating the stimulus package. So joining us will be David Murphy, Senior Vice President of Investments, uh, and James Jack, Executive Director of Strategic Client Segments, both from UBS Wealth Management. Uh, links to register for that forum will be posted on social media, uh, my Twitter and LinkedIn pages as well. Um, because that is evolving rapidly as as all this is, and we want to be timely with uh, the data for all of you to share, uh, to receive on, on next week's forum. Starting Friday, you'll be able to pre-submit uh, advanced questions uh, through NKBA social channels. So we be sure to impact where you are in that process of applying or not or wherever you are uh, in that uh, in the timeline to have UBS uh, give you good uh, good advice. Uh, until then, stay safe uh, and well, and uh, we'll see you all next Thursday. Thanks again, John, Todd, and Steve.